You're listening to episode 43 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Emily. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And I am so excited about today because this is the second in what is going to be an ongoing series between me and my girl, Christina Montalvo of the Confidence Project podcast. Um, she is a total badass. She is also uh, one of my absolute best friends in the entire world. <laughs> I adore her. And she's also the owner of the actual in-person gym, Iron Phoenix Strength Club in just outside Chicago, Illinois. So if you're in the area, definitely go check her out and absolutely make sure to check her out online. And her podcast as well is amazing. So this is airing on her podcast today as well. And this is part of just an ongoing conversation that um, she and I are going to be having about a whole bunch of different topics. Um, We just are going to be recording them on a regular basis. We already have uh, the next couple planned out and I'm really, really excited to share them and I hope you're going to enjoy this. So let's get going. Hey girl, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm pretty so excited for... to be. Oh yeah, I'm so excited for. <laughs> Why are we so awkward? <laughs> I'm leaving this in on mine. <laughs> Not even. Taking... Oh my god, it's hysterical. Oh, so we just talked for what 50 minutes, and yeah, we just had like the best conversation, and then as soon as we hit record on a podcast, we are just ridiculous. <laughs> And we said that in our last episode too, right? Like we can talk on the phone for three hours. And as soon as we hit record, we're like, oh, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) But no, I'm so excited for this episode because, and before we started recording, I just mentioned, I think the idea for this episode happened like in July and you and I were on the phone. Yes. And, and we've had like an ongoing list of, of things that we want to talk about in this ongoing series of ours. <laughs> yes. So I think today's going to be a good one. Do you want to tell everyone what we're talking about today? Yeah, we're, we're going to kind of hit on a few different topics, but we're going to um, talk about basically breaking off relationships with our girlfriends because now this is based on heteronormative terms, but typically we would be coached and, and told, given more information on how to break up with boyfriends or like romantic partners. But when it comes to breaking off friendships, it is a lot murkier and more difficult. And we get even more uncomfortable about breaking up a friendship because it feels, I don't know, it almost feels unnatural sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. And maybe that's a really good way. Maybe we should kind of reiterate that we're talking about breaking up platonic relationships, platonic uh, yes. friendships versus romantic. And that doesn't matter how you identify um, because I think it's the same either way. Nobody teaches us, really nobody teaches us how to be a friend, let alone how to end a friendship. Um, and I do think that it's difficult to break up with a romantic partner no matter what, but there's so many things on romantic relationships out there, podcasts, books, you name it, right? And But I feel, and I think you agree, there's not a lot of friendship stuff. 
No, very, very little. And, and it just seems so weird to me because it's just not something that is really talked about. And the other thing is, is that it's also easier to sort of ghost someone. I know this is one of the areas that we want to discuss. It's easier to sort of ghost a friend, a platonic friend, than it is a romantic partner because you know, your romantic partner is going to be like, well, where the fuck are you? <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked in three weeks. What's going on? Whereas with a friendship, you can kind of keep putting it off a little bit more. Obviously it depends on the, on the friendship, but it's much easier to come up with excuses or, you know, work is really crazy right now or all kinds of different things that we, we can only get away with using those types of excuses for so long with a romantic partner. So there's got to be something about expectation there from the get-go you're expected to pay more attention spend more time more energy on a romantic partner than with your friends and I think that that's pretty common and normal wouldn't you say I think so because I mean especially if if you're with someone where it's it's quite serious in a romantic relationship then you're just that much more likely to be spending even more time together or even living together, all of those different types of things. Whereas with a friend, that's not nearly as likely. Again, depending on the friendship, but it's just going to have a completely different context, I think. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of it. And the thing with friendships too is that there's different types, right? You've got friends that you speak to regularly. You've got friends that you see once or twice a year and you kind of settle into that agreement, like that silent agreement. It just kind of ends up being that way because I have friends that I, like you, I feel like if we go three weeks without talking, that's odd for us. We speak pretty regularly. And when we do go a couple weeks without talking, we're like, where do we start? Where do we... (laughs) We need to book an entire day. (laughs) Bring your phone charger. (laughs) But I've also got friends where, my goodness, I could go months without speaking to them and we're not arguing. There's nothing weird. It's just kind of how it goes. We always pick up right where we left off and, and it's kind of fine. So there's kind of something to say to that too, of those kind of differences between friendships. Yeah. And that's a sign of, of a strong friendship in my opinion too, where you can pick up right where you left off. You know, you can kind of be apart for long periods, even if that wasn't the understanding, like even if the last time you saw each other, you're like, yeah, let's book another date for a couple of weeks and things just got in the way and that didn't happen. It's the sign of, I think, a relatively strong friendship if you are able to just start again and, and there's no sort of huge distance that you, you have to almost bridge the gap sometimes. Sometimes if you go a long time without seeing people, it's like there's so much to say, you actually don't know what to say because it's like, well, but you know, these big life events happen, where would I even begin to explain them? It's too complicated. Maybe it's too emotionally draining. So it's easier to just be, have one of those conversations where it's like, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? (laughs) Like just one of those really simple, basic conversations. Do you, and I don't think I even didn't think about this until right now, but in my experience, because I have such a strong social media presence, as do you, we're all over Facebook, Instagram, have a podcast, have, we each have our own podcast. I have really close friends who actually don't reach out to me as much anymore because they feel like they're in constant contact with me. A hundred percent. That, that could not be more true. There are so many people where even, even James, my partner will go to hockey sometimes and his, uh, his, the guys that he plays with their wives or, or girlfriends or partners will be there. And they'd be like, Oh, I saw you guys went to, I don't know, 
uh, an apple orchard the other day or something like that. And he is always thrown by it. He's like, wait, how do they know that? And all it is is just me like posting a simple picture or me literally standing in an apple orchard on Instagram stories <laughs> and people then know. So then why would they reach out? Because they, they think they're already up to date on your life. And we could tie that all back into like the highlight reel where, I mean, you and I both try to be extremely open and authentic about where we're at, um, like emotionally and stuff too. But there's, there's always going to be stuff that happens behind closed doors. We are also both pretty private people overall for the most part. And there's always going to be things that, that we just don't discuss on social media. So it might look like sunshine and rainbows, even if we're talking about some bigger issues that are happening, but that still isn't the full picture as opposed to calling up a friend and asking how they really are and getting into it. So interestingly enough, I just met up with a really, one of my best girlfriends this past weekend. And I mean, I love her to death. She's one that I can go probably decades without seeing her and it would be just as great every time. And she updated me. I haven't seen her in a while on all the new things in her life. And she's like, and you're just doing great. Like you're killing it. And, um, you and I have been talking, I've been kind of having a rough emotional past couple of weeks and, um, I'm not like blasting that all over social media. It's kind of, it's relevant, but it's kind of irrelevant at the same time. And that come, ties back into me. We each, we each deserve to have our own private lives. So there exactly. are just some things I'm not going to talk about, um, publicly. And, it actually kind of hurt me and she wasn't trying to hurt me, but it hurt me that, gosh, one of my closest, nearest and dearest friends has this assumption that everything is going so great. Nothing could possibly be wrong because according to my, I'm not talking about that stuff right now on my podcast. I'm not talking about that stuff on Facebook. I'm not talking about it on Instagram. Um, and so I do think it makes our, our businesses and what we do and with our online business does have an impact on our friendship. So I just thought that was, it's kind of interesting, um, but it does tie all into the overall picture of how do you keep friends? How do you break up with friends? Um, but it has added kind of a wrench into the mix because I don't hear from some of my friends as often as I would like because they're hearing from me all the time. Exactly. They're, they're popping up in, in, or we are, we're popping up in people's news feeds and stuff every day, or maybe they're, seeking out our Instagram stories because they are genuinely interested in what we're getting up to. But me posting three or four Instagram stories in a day is not a sufficient look at what is really happening because, right. and, and I'm not going to like detour it into a whole social media conversation, but it's also, I feel that it's, it's my job to bring authenticity, but also positivity. I don't want to be a negative force in someone's life. That's just not who, who I am. That's not who I believe myself to be. And that's not how I want to show up in the world. So yeah, I, I, even if I wasn't as private a person, I still don't want to bring, you know, all my garbage to the table and just plop it down and say, there you go. <laughs> Do with that yeah. whatever you want. That's not going to really help anyone. It's a very fine line between being authentic and being really real and, and raw and open and going too far the other direction. And I think we can kind of tie up that whole thing because I think it could turn into a whole different topic of the highlight reel and social media. Um, no matter who your friends are, don't forget to reach out to them and just let them know that you're thinking about them. Whether you, you know, just heard from them a couple days ago or if it's been a really long time, friends need to do that for each other. Um, and that can kind of lead into our next segment here, but about like ghosting and stuff like that. But don't 
don't ever hesitate to just drop a note to one of your, one of your friends, like, Hey, just thinking about you have a great week or whatever. Like for me, that stuff goes a really long way. Um, I could step my game up too with randomly dropping notes to people and just saying, thinking of you, but here's the perfect example. You just sent me a card in the mail and I bawled my eyes out. It was so beautiful. And I need to get better about doing that. But, um, Snail mail goes a long way. (laughs) Snail mail really does, but friendships really do go a long way. And I think we need to do a better job of refining our skills as being friends. Um, and also doing a really good, good job of being careful of like, who's taking our energy? Who are we fostering friendships with and how do we navigate it if we don't want to be friends with people anymore? Exactly. I know. And it's so tricky because it's, it's so easy to make the assumption that, Oh, everything's good. Everything's fine. Or I feel like even in this day and age, and this doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with even really the online space. I mean, it might be kind of the root cause, but just in general, we tend to isolate ourselves much more so than decades past. Like that whole saying about, you know, it takes a village to, to raise a child. Well, that was because so many people had such close friendships, particularly the women. Usually the women had such strong ties to each other. It was like, oh, you know, like, can you watch my kids? Like they would take turns, like watching people's kids. And, and that was just, that was part of the deal. That was, that was just what happened. And it's really difficult to find that anymore because people we're all very wrapped up in, in our own lives. We, we're building businesses, we're building careers, we are doing all the things and we are kind of putting friendships aside and then wondering why they're failing us and why those people aren't showing up for us when we need them because we haven't talked to them in six months. How do they know that we need that, that, that they need us, right? Or sorry, the other way around, that, that, they, that we need them. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really difficult to know. and. We, we aren't, I'm kind of thinking of it as like a garden. And if you don't kind of pour into it, what you want out of it, it's, it's just going to shrivel up. There isn't going to really be anything left of it to salvage. And then we get into situations like, like ghosting and stuff too. Do we want to talk about ghosting really quick? I think we should, because we, I feel like this, I I don't feel like we can have this conversation without talking about the idea of like negative energy and sort of like toxic people to some degree too, because a lot of times that is the reason behind people ghosting a friend is if they feel like it's a a negative vibe, maybe they are jealous of that person. We have a whole segment that we can go into on that too. You know, feeling like that person is a toxic energy in our life. I think there's a difference between being a completely toxic person, you and I have, have talked about this a few times, actually. I don't, t- let's, tell me what, what your thoughts are on the toxic thing, because that can definitely stem into leaving somebody behind as a friend. Gosh, I mean, where do you want me to start? I, kind of going back to what I just said about, you know, taking the time to reach out to your friends and things like that. And then you said, we're busy, we're building business. Everyone is busy. I'm not saying just Emily and myself are busy, but people are, um, raising families and careers and, you know, stuff is happening, happening as our parents get older. I mean, life is, is always going to be busy and it's just going to get busier. I think and time is going to move faster with that being said for me personally, I spent a large I wasted years 
pouring into people or trying to make certain friendships and even romantic relationships work that they were emotionally draining because they were just negative, toxic people, which turned me into a negative, toxic person because that's what my environment was. Um, so there's something to be said about the evolution of a person, right? So if, if we could alter time and if you were Emily now and you met me 10 years ago, we would not be friends because I have evolved over the past 10 years. So people that I was friends with 10 years ago, I'm not friends with those people now if they weren't able to kind of evolve with me, change the way that they think, change the way that they view the world, change the things that they talk about, the things they're spending their time on. And for me, because my time is so precious, I am often exhausted. It just kind of comes with the territory. I want to make sure that the friendships that I have are equal parts giving and taking. I want to feel reinvigorated and energized and hopeful and happy and just a whole different host of things when I'm done spending time with that friend, whether that's time via text message, phone calls, FaceTime, coffee dates, wine nights, whatever. I don't want to waste my time and waste my energy on a toxic friendship. Right? Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? No, I, I think so too. And I do, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the, I feel like a lot of people make sort of their, their closest friends. This can differ a little bit, but a lot of people make their closest friends like in, in college and university and that type of stuff. Sometimes high school too, but a lot of times it's sort of like that post-secondary tends to be where people really make their lifelong friends. I don't have a single friend from university that I still talk to, which I sounds have. super weird. Yeah. And, and it's weird, right? But I feel like the, if I met some of those people now, I feel like those friendships would go in totally different directions. Like some of them I would probably be super close with. Some of them I probably would never even start to have a friendship with in the first place. It would go completely differently than it did at the time. But I think that that was also partly me uh, closing doors a little bit because I just never really felt comfortable in the group of people that I set myself up with. So I never fully opened up either. And there has to be some give and take in, in a relationship like that. But in terms of toxic people, I'm always, I, I can be a little bit on the fence about it because I think that people can, can be toxic in our lives, like as part of the dynamic of the relationship that we have with them, but that they aren't necessarily toxic to somebody else. Sure. So it can be oh, like yeah. a toxic energy in that friendship, but it doesn't necessarily make us or them toxic, like to their core, it can just vary. I think that's important to note. I think that for me, I don't, I'm not if someone in my life that I, I feel they're a toxic person, I don't care how they are out in the world because exactly. that doesn't affect me. They're, if I feel that it's a toxic environment, if they're being a toxic person within our context, for me, that's enough for me to say, this isn't really going to work. I don't, they could probably be, maybe they're not a toxic employee or employer, or maybe a different subset of friends, they, they play a different role within that friendship, if you will. Um, and that's actually something really interesting to think about the different roles that we play in different contexts. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, like you might, you could be the best person in the world, but if something about our dynamic and our personalities feels really toxic, 
I, I've got to be out. I need to be out. Um, and that's not something I would have upheld for myself years ago. Um, it was almost like, well, you're my friend now and let's just be friends. Even if this really isn't fulfilling it all for me, there was a huge scarcity mindset that I had. And, and sometimes I, I can almost still feel like that a little bit, but I feel like in a lot of ways, the online space has really taken that fear away from me because I've met so many women through the online space. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to be limited to friendships just within like a 10 kilometer radius of me. <laughs> like there's so many amazing humans out there that I haven't even met yet who I could really connect with. Whereas before I was definitely out of the mindset where, um, any, any girlfriends that I had, because I never had like a massive friend group to begin with, since I was always like, I've always been a bit of an introvert. I would feel almost devastated if a friendship was, was ending or I would really hang on to it, even if it was by a thread. And even if it wasn't serving me anymore, because I'm like, no, like exactly what you said, like this is, this is my friend. And this is where we get stuck because then we, we get stuck in the same cycle of continuing to try and have a friendship with that person when it's not serving us, probably not serving the other person at that point either. Or we decide that we don't want to be friends with that person anymore. And I'm like, okay, but what the fuck do we do now? Like, do we just stop taking their calls? Which is what happens a lot of times is that we, we totally ghost people. I have ghosted one romantic partner and not completely ghosted, but just like definitely trailed off without ever explaining myself, which I still regret to this day um, because it was a really, really poor way to handle it. It was years ago. And if I could do it again, I, I would definitely do it differently. But it's, it's almost, it's like we said before too, it's, it's easier almost to do that with a friendship because we can just keep putting up those walls and we don't have to explain it quite as much. And then we can just kind of hope that nobody ever questions us on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which reminds me of why having friendships are so important. And it wasn't until I started making real friends that I realized how damn it important it is. Because in my early 20s, I lost a lot of friends. I was like, I'm starting a business. Oh, I bought a house. Oh, I'm starting my master's. And with every ridiculous step that I took, like, I don't know if I would live my early 20s again, how I did, how I landed on my feet. Each time, I'm not sure. Um, I lost more and more friends. And I got to the point where I was like, I just don't need friends. I'm just going to be the hardest working woman to ever exist. Um, and for the joke that I often said, which is funny because I don't think I would ever say that now because every word you say is an affirmation. The joke was, I'm just going to live in a mansion with hundreds of dogs and I'm going to be surrounded by dogs and money and I'll be fine. And I've, I know better now I've evolved and I have these beautiful friendships with women like you that there's some shit that I've gone through and am going through and whatever that I truly I value your input and your wisdom and gosh, you can't put that on just one person or one significant other. And I'm very close with my mom, but she's always going to be my mom. So she's going to give me the mom advice. Right. And I could go to my significant other, but that's also unfair too, for that one person to be all things for me. Right. So it's, friendships are so important. Um, and if you, and I feel like if you're listening and if you're like, whatever, I don't need friends, you haven't found your people yet. So I wanted to, to say that. Um, 
But ghosting, this is interesting. I've been, well, okay. I've ghosted a romantic partner before. I also have a ton of guilt around that. Um, I don't even know why I did it. I think I was just afraid. Um, so I've, I've, I've ghosted romantic, a romantic partner, but I've also been ghosted by, I'm thinking of one person in particular. Um, and it's weird and it's, it's odd. I don't know. Should we, should we talk about the ghosting? Do you want to hear? Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell us the, tell us the ghosting deal because I think I've been racking my brain ever since we started talking about this. I'm, I think I have actually been ghosted, but I think that it was with people that I wasn't close enough with for me to care that much like, like to be like deeply hurt by it. If that makes sense. Like it was sort of more of a, I wrote it off in my head as like, we just kind of drifted, drifted apart. And that was acceptable to me, but I don't think that I've had someone that I'm super, super close with, um, ghost me, but I have friends. I have like, I know I, I've heard your story, um, that you're going to share, but I do have other close friends, multiple other female friends who have lost girlfriends by being ghosted. So it's definitely very common for sure. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about the difference between a friendship, you just naturally growing apart. Where if I were to see some of these women or, you know, that I haven't seen to, or we've just naturally grown apart. If I were to see them out at the grocery store, I think we would be thrilled to see one another. Um, it just hasn't lined up. Maybe they moved away or schedules never matched, but there's no hard feelings. Like nothing bad happened. Um, they know that I'm rooting for them and I know that they're rooting for me. They like all my stuff on social media. So in, in our world, that's a celebration. Like every like that you get is like a, you go girl. I see you. <laughs> so <this>. true. <laughs> so that's, there's that. But with my experience and it's, it's the context that matters and the whole overall picture of the friendship and this woman in particular, and I have no idea if she listens and it's fine if she does. Um, I remember her saying to me, I never thought that I could meet my best friend so late in life. And we were still in our early twenties at this time. So I thought that has always stuck with me. I have never put a time constraint on like, well, if I don't meet this, these friends by the time I'm 30, then I'm never going to have friends. Um, and so I think if you're listening and if you have those ideas of like, well, if I haven't been friends with this girl since high school, what does it matter? I'm you here to tell you until I was 30. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Years younger, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And you are one of my nearest and dearest friends, like for sure. So I thought that that was interesting. That was an interesting perspective that she felt that way. And I considered her one of my best friends. I saw her weekly. Um, and it was odd if we didn't see each other regularly, if we didn't always have something in the calendar. Um, she knew I was going through an incredibly tough breakup at the time. Um, that was, emotionally and financially draining. And she was there for me. Her husband was there for me. She sent me flowers. I mean, it was, she was one of my best friends. She was always there for me. And I expanded my business right around the time that she got pregnant. And I haven't heard from her since. That is still just so bizarre to me. I was texting her like, Oh my, like, let's get together. Like I, I, you know, I want to I want to meet your daughter. I want to, you know, send, you know, stuff to her. I I bought her, I bought her daughter books and I bought her things for her baby shower. Um, she would respond sometimes like, oh yes, we should totally get together. But it was one of those, like, 
let's just brush this, you know, under the rug and nothing ever came of it. And I promised myself, I was like, Oh, I wanted to make sure that I was trying my best. And I didn't want to be the one that said, Hey, is everything okay between us? Cause it, I knew that it wasn't. And I almost didn't want to set myself up to be lied to, but looking back, I probably should have just said, Hey, I just, you know, I feel like something might be off. Um, I reached out for a total of five times over the course of one year and finally just gave up. I was like, we're done. Like I, if you don't want to be friends anymore, I guess that that's fine. Um, at first it was really disruptive and like really sad, but it's been gosh over a year since we've even spoken. Um, but I just found it interesting that it was my business was expanding and she was pregnant. Um, I don't know which, which of those life changes had anything to do with it, but um, it was really still odd. I still have no idea what that was about. And, and I think that there's something to be said about insecurity. Um, because one of, one of the things that came up for me in, in that story uh, and that you and I have, again, experienced even just in the online space alone a lot, I get really irritated when people don't just say what they mean. Like that whole thing that, and, and I've been, I have completely been guilty of this and I've been, I try to be very conscious of it now. Things like when a friend reaches out that I don't particularly really want to see, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, let's do something soon. And, and I know that it's being dismissive and just brushing it off. I'm sure that the other person knows it too. And how many of us are guilty of that? And yeah. I get really irritated when people that, um, I'm just going to throw, throw this one out there. <laughs> People that you and I have both had this experience when we have reached out to other women online who we don't necessarily have, you know, like a, we haven't like jumped on the phone multiple times or anything like that, but we've established a bit of a relationship with them. And then we ask them, for example, to like be a guest on the podcast or something like that. And they either don't respond or they say something that is again, very dismissive. And it's very obvious that they are never going to say yes. And, and the thing is, is that you and I don't care if they say no. Like if you say no, just say no, it's fine. <laughs> and I right. feel like we need to take that into our everyday life as well. And make sure that that's translating to all of our relationships, not just even, you know, platonic friendships, we need to make sure that, that we are using that and saying what we mean and not just, you know, getting people's hopes up because some people don't read that as well. So they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get together soon. And then they're waiting for your call or your text and it doesn't come. It's, uh, it reaches a point of being cruel. And I have absolutely been on both sides of that. I have a hundred percent been the, the person to do that to someone else. And I've been on the receiving end as well. And neither one feel good. Neither so one are good. What would you say then is the best way to, cause this is what this is all about, right? Like how do you, especially if it's a close friend, right? Like for me in my example, my story that I just shared, this woman knows some of the most intimate details of my life. Um, again, I saw her every week for years on end. Um, and if we didn't, we were on the phone. I mean, seriously, honestly, God, one of my best friends, I thought, um, and whether you're on the giving or the receiving end of that, how do you feel that women should be handling this for whatever reason? Um, maybe I was the toxic friend in that relationship to her. Who knows? How should women be handling this? I think, I think that 
the first thing we need to talk about is honesty. Like on it, you know, honesty is the best policy and blah, blah, blah. Like it all sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but it's a hundred percent true. And being honest is hard. Sometimes it is yeah. hard. It can be so much easier to tell, to tell a lie than it can be to tell the truth. And I think that sometimes we need to preface that with something along the lines of like, so that you don't catch people completely off guard before just blurting something out, which, which I have been guilty of doing before, given my blunt personality. I think that we almost need to prepare people sometimes and say, hey, you know, I've had something on my mind for, for a little while or on my heart for a little while. Um, this, this is going to kind of be difficult to, to say or even difficult to hear, but I, I want to make sure that we're having a really open line of honest communication. Are you okay with, with talking about something? And <clears throat> I don't really know anyone who's going to say no to that. And again, that doesn't make the next part any easier, but at least you have opened that door so that you're not completely catching people off guard. And then I think that you need to have that conversation, like say whatever it is that you need to say. It, this is purely speculation, but let's just use your friend as an example that maybe she felt, uh, I don't know, insecure that you weren't going to have time for her in your life as you expanded your business, or that maybe that was just a path that she felt uncomfortable with for whatever reason or something like that the best response for that would have been for her to just sit you down and tell you that. And that might have salvaged the relationship and maybe it had, it would have just reshaped your friendship to have a different type of friendship. And if that was something that you were both fine with and both happy with and both felt comfortable around, then great. Then you saved a, a perfectly decent friendship. Maybe then the two of you would just fit into different boxes in each other's lives as opposed to sort of the more best friend box for each other. And like that main pillar of support, it yeah. can shift a relationship or maybe both of you end up coming to the conclusion that, you know what, then maybe this isn't really serving us anymore. And I wish you the best, good luck. And it's, you know, then you can look back on your time together fondly as opposed to having it tainted by the memory of a bad ending. So to your point, building off of that, I totally agree with you. And I think the reason why people shy away from the hard, honest conversations is they don't want to hurt the other person. But when I look back at the romantic relationship that I ghosted, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wouldn't have any guilt right now, years later. Had I handled that with honesty and integrity, I think in that moment I would have felt incredibly guilty, but my conscience moving forward would have been so clear. Like I did what was right. I, I honored him and respected him enough to give him the truth. Um, Cause if you think about it, it is kind of a sign of respect. Having that honest conversation is brave for the person who needs to give it, but also is a sign of respect for the person who's hearing it. Um, and it's also not our responsibility to manage the way that someone reacts to us. I think that's important to know. That's too. very important. That's incredibly important because let's say somebody does take it really badly. At least you can move forward with a clear conscience. And that's, I think one of, one of the biggest things that we need to touch on here because I like same boat. I feel awful about the way I treated that guy years ago, that romantic relationship. It was terrible. And I really do 
if I could do it again, I would do it very differently. I would have the honest conversation as hard as it was and as difficult as it would be at the time. And that makes all the difference because having that level of respect for someone, even if it makes them angry in that moment, later on, they, they will probably look back and appreciate that you respected them enough to do that. Even if they don't, by that point, it's not your problem. Like moving yeah. on, at, at least you know that you made the right decision for you. Whatever, whatever else is, is happening, you know that you handled that with integrity. And ultimately, we are our own responsibility. Mm-hmm. So we can't do, nor should we be expected to or feel obligated to do the emotional labor for everybody else. We've got to focus on us. Now, I think it's also important to note that these tough and honest conversations, again, whether it just shifts the friendship extincts it all together or whatever the outcome may be, I think should always come from a place of compassion and a lot of love, whether you're trying to end it all or not, or whatever, that's really important, which actually brings me to my next story, um, of a different friendship that I had that we've also talked about. And this is really interesting. Um, this woman is actually a lot older than me. She was a mentor of mine. I felt she was a mentor of mine for a really long time. And Different type of friendship, definitely not besties by any means, but um, very much so just like a constant support system for one another. And we would bounce ideas off one another. um, And I thought it was great. And she had changed jobs. And I remember reaching out to her several times via text message to no response, like for two, three weeks. And I finally sent her a text saying, hey, I haven't heard from you in a long time. Is everything okay? And she sent me back via text message, which I also don't think is the best way to do this. Um, But I also think that a lot of people default to that. Sent me this long text message about, I'm not going to get into who said what and uh, like the he said, she said game, but I know what you said about me. I don't want to be friends with you if you're talking behind my back. And so something, it was this long text about how I said something it got back to where it's none of my business of who said it. And she wants nothing to do with me. She blocked me on all social media channels, um, across the board. And to this day, I have no idea what she's talking about. That is so to this sad. day. I, I and, think that a big portion of this has to be to not make assumptions too. Like yeah. that story speaks hugely to that. It is not making assumptions and, and falling into the gossip train which so many of us, particularly women, can fall into so easily. Yeah. And the worst part is I had a ton of respect for this woman, and I upheld her name behind her back, to, like even to my mother, like, oh, my God, she's so great. Like, this is what we talked about, whatever. So I still to this day have not a clue what that was about. And so I think there's something to be said, again, not assuming and opening up the conversation. And then she, this woman, could have opened up the conversation and then brought herself to a choice. Like, what decision do I want to make having all the cards on the table? Instead of, again, hearing something, making an assumption, and then making her decision based on that. You and I have had some very interesting conversations about making sure that all the cards are on the table in the past few months. And one thing that, that you said to me that has really stayed with me, and I think that it can be applied to any friendship, romantic partnership, any of the above, is to, that, that you get to choose your own truth. Mm. So if, if in an example like you gave where 
that woman was being told one thing in one ear. And if you had been given the opportunity to say in the other, like, no, I didn't say those things. And I don't know what you're talking about. Then she could gather the information to choose whatever she decides to be true. Because really truth in a lot of ways, when it comes to friendships and stuff, it can be relative. It can be subjective. It's, Truth can, can shift depending on whose perspective it is that, that you're looking at it from. And it needs to be something that is considered from all angles. And there can be some fear around that. Like maybe somebody doesn't want to know the full truth. But if that's the case, then they've already chosen their truth. They've already yeah. chosen what they want to believe. And that, that from their perspective, they are going to choose to make that their truth. And it's, it's completely objective. It can shift no matter who you're looking at it from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of the next thing too about friends kind of goes back to like the social media thing. Um, I think it does affect how women reach out to other women because we're playing the assumption game. We're assuming that so-and-so, let's just say, had a baby and isn't posting about how much she's struggling with it. So then the, this other woman has a baby, let's say, and she is struggling with it. Well, she's not going to reach out to her friend who had a baby two years ago because she's not struggling according to Facebook. And those assumptions are harmful too. Wouldn't you say like just taking that word assumption in one context and applying it to a different one, I think can, at my point being assumptions can be detrimental. I think so too. And even if we're talking about things like, um, like mental health, I mean, that could tie in with postpartum or with, or with anything else, whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever is that a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm always here to talk. And I saw uh, someone post the other, actually it was uh, John Romanello, I believe, posted um, the other day. For anyone who's not familiar with him, he's like a, a fitness professional and, and a writer. And he has struggled with suicidal depression before. And what I thought was really fascinating was that he did an entire post about how us telling people you know, if we do offer some tidbit, like, oh, you know, I've been having a really tough time or whatever. And somebody says, well, you know, I'm always here to talk, just reach out anytime. He said, but, but the problem is that we don't want to reach out. We need somebody else to reach out to us. And that's when I think it's so important to go the extra mile, send that. If, if somebody just pops into your head, if one of your, your girlfriends just pops into your head, send them a message. Hey, you, you just popped into my head. Just saying hi. I've tried to start making that a habit and, and it's incredible. Like how much people appreciate it and people have started doing it for me and it can brighten like your entire day. Something like that can go so far. And it's just about not making the assumption that someone else doesn't want to talk to you just because they haven't reached out to you and vice versa. Yeah. And this, gosh, this is so multifaceted because I think we are stuck in like the busy as a badge of honor thing right now. And neither of us are moms. Like we don't have, I'm, I'm a dog mom, but that's, they can <laughs> stay home be. alone and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a good choice. Being a dog mom is great. But I do know that the dynamic with friendships change, changes once you have children and that's, you know, it's different, but I almost feel like the need for strong friendships grows as you have children. You need a social outlet. You need time to be yourself and not be the wife or the mom or the caretaker, even if it's 
for one hour a month. And whether that one hour is in person with your friends or FaceTime or a phone call or whatever, I think that that time is invaluable. But I think a lot of women dismiss the idea of cultivating and maintaining friendships because they are so busy. I think so too. And it, and it really puts up a huge barrier and there can be some guilt involved there too. Like, but my kids need me or, you know, my spouse needs me or something like that. And we can sometimes have difficulty letting go. And I think that what we all need to recognize is that we're all better humans when we open up a little bit, when we show our vulnerabilities to, to, you know, the people in our lives that matter most, those are where those, those big connections are built. Those true deep connections. If you and I just had conversations all the time about like, you know, again, sort of like a very superficial, Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Like we would never get to the deep shit. That is where our entire friendship has been rooted. That's where any good friendship is rooted is in the vulnerability and wading through the shit together, essentially. And when we don't allow that to happen, that's also really going to build up and probably come spewing out on our spouse or our kids, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. And I think that's important too, for me, this is a personal preference and it's my opinion. I actually don't want to spend a lot of time or energy having those surface level friendships where it's like, how are you? Great. How are you? Good. And it's, it's a fine balance. It's interesting, right? Because I just said that I don't want to have these negative toxic relationships, but some of our conversations are, are heavy, mm-hmm. but we, we just talked about this, I think last week or two weeks ago. Um, no matter which one of us is going through the shit, I leave each one of our conversations feeling better. So there's always something positive. Um, I don't think, I think we could both be having a rough day, but we support each other. We give each other hope or we make each other laugh or whatever. And I think that's so great. Um, and so I think a lot of women are afraid of being vulnerable. And I actually know one woman in particular who will see her, um, her friends from time to time. And she's like, everyone is so fake. Everyone's life when we go out for dinner is so perfect and so polished that she's feeling that she's wants to pull away from them because it's so fake. However, this is interesting when those women are, when she's with, there's four women in total. When my client is with one friend, one-on-one, the dynamic is completely different. But for some reason, if you put them all at the same table, everyone's on their best behavior and everyone's life is suddenly perfect. Mm. And she said for her, it's incredibly draining to watch them put on this show, if you will. And I think we all know women like that. I definitely do. And, and there's all kinds of times where that will happen. And, and it is training because you start to fall into the comparison trap of like, holy shit, is my life just falling apart? No, you're probably just going through everyday life stuff. And I guarantee you everyone else is too. They're just not talking about it. <laughs> and yeah. I, have, I have no patience for the superficial bullshit anymore. Like I don't, I don't want to do the, hey, how are you kind of stuff. Like I now that I have really experienced, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have several really close friendships, you being at basically the very top of the list. I'm like, no, I, I want more of this. Like, <laughs> I want more of that. And, and being able to cultivate that, that is what is really going to help us to, to grow and be better as individuals too. 
Like that's what's going to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but in the best possible way, because you and I also have a dynamic where we will question each other. And I don't know if everybody has that because previously there would be a lot of times where if I went to, I, I have some friends that maybe if I went to them with an issue, they would just kind of commiserate with me. Mm. And sometimes that's fine. Like venting is, is cool. Everyone needs to vent sometimes, but it doesn't really serve anyone because it was like you said that, that you and I will leave a conversation feeling energized and, and renewed. But when we have the opposite of that and we're just spending the entire time commiserating with, with anyone else, everyone is going to leave that conversation feeling worse than, than when they started. And, and I'll start and anyone. right. No, it's not good for anyone. And it's funny. Cause I, you and I, I think are good about this. We'll be like, I just need to vent for two seconds and then we can like talk. <laughs> and so we know like, listen, I just need to, to bitch about this and whine about this one thing and then we can move on. Um, and I think though that sometimes that for some women taints their entire conversation. It's always venting. Yes. And, and we could even go down the road of like people who feed off of the drama too. Like there are individuals like that. I, I know a couple people like that who um, th there's always drama going on in their life. And I, it took me a long time to connect the dots. I was like, damn, like, how does this keep happening to this person? And then finally I was like, oh, no, 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 you're the common thread. I see it now. <laughs> and I think we have to be aware of that sometimes. And, and really, we also start to really get to know people a lot better when the shit is hitting the fan. Because whether we're pretending or whether it's actually true, when everything is, is really good and great and that's fine, it, we don't really get to see the full spectrum of somebody and how uh, compatible we might be with someone else until the shit has hit the fan. And we've gotten that, that full picture of what's going on. This is kind of totally irrelevant, but I was just thinking again about social media. I know some grown ass women like in their fifties, which I have to stop using age as like an indicator of anything because it's really not, doesn't even matter. I know women that are younger than me that are light years beyond me in wisdom. And I know women that are, you know, in their fifties and sixties that have a lot of growing up to do. But have you ever had the experience where women like love each other on social media and they're besties and they're wishing each other happy birthdays and they're sending, you know, whatever, all the social media stuff. And the second you like close the social media door, they're like, talking crap about their friends a hundred percent yeah what is that about I, I don't I'm not a fan I'm not a fan because it again it just feels very dishonest to me and then I'm and then I'm never sure what exactly the motives are as to why they're bending over backwards to make it look like they fully support that other woman to begin with like why bother what what is what's your underlying reason that you, are you just afraid to have a conversation with this woman in person that you don't actually really like her and you don't want to be friends with her anymore? Is it coming from a place of insecurity? Are you trying to put on appearances for other people? Because now also in the age of social media, somebody may go like, oh, well, so-and-so didn't like, uh, didn't like Christina's photo with what, what's going on there. Like, <laughs> right. So then it can just like start to just snowball and we get so caught up in that. And, and honestly, 
as a woman, I will say this, women are the worst for that. We really zero in on that. We're like bloodhounds and we are so judgmental. But, and I say we, because I, again, have been a guilty party there a hundred percent. And it's, it's a little too easy to fall into that trap in the age of social media. Sometimes I have to really check myself to be like, no, this isn't necessarily the full picture. And this, there are probably other things going on that have nothing to do with whatever assumption I'm making in my head. <laughs> so I, I, I think the, the social media, like fake support of friends, at least in my experience, I think it's an overcompensation because they feel guilty that they have nothing nice to say about them when they're not in the room. I think that's, that's definitely a possibility. And I, I see it a lot. I, I actually see it a lot where, oh, besties, whatever. And again, these are grown women or they're, they're going out for, you know, maybe they are spending a lot of time together and maybe that is their only group of friends or that's the only woman that they can grab drinks with or dinner with or whatever, but put the woman alone in a room and she's got nothing nice to say about her friends. And, um, I think for me, the way that that shows up, like I'm not going to be friends with anyone who makes me, this is going to sound really bad, but makes me feel insecure. So for example, when it comes to our friendship, they're like, I will tell you exactly like how much money I make, which isn't a conversation I'm going to have with very many people. That's just not a conversation that I want to have with very many people. And I'll say like, this has been a great month. This has been a horrible month. This is how much this cost. I mean, we just talked about that right before we started recording. And I do have some people in my life that I don't consider close friends because I'm not, I'm just not going to let them into certain parts of my life, which is okay. I don't think all my best friends need to know exactly what I make or what I'm spending on this, that, or the other thing. Um, but how they make me feel based on certain things is very important to me. Um, and so that's kind of how I make my discernments about who's going to get my time and my energy. I remember hearing a couple of years ago, somebody kind of defining their friendships and it was from someone who was online. I can't remember who it was, but they had like a blog and stuff. So they, they had an online presence and they were, I think having difficulty sort of discerning between who was, um, strictly sort of an online friend, like just, just a, like a follower. I, I hate that term, but you know, somebody yeah. who followed someone on social media as opposed to an actual friend. And they ended up, um, doing this, this circle diagram where it was like a little tiny circle in the middle where it was this person. And then like her, her spouse and her best friend that that was like her innermost circle who knew all the things. And then there was like a slightly outer circle where it was, you know, some other close friends and parents and stuff like that. Then the third ring was maybe coworkers. And then the outside ring was anyone who reads my blog, essentially, or like strangers on the street. And I actually thought that it was a really helpful way to look at it because sometimes we actually need to put some of those guidelines in place to, for our own sake, just to, to keep things clear and keep those lines from being blurred. And it doesn't mean that people can't cross over those lines that like that we can't end up, you know, developing a stronger friendship with somebody who listens to our podcast or something like that. It's just that at this moment, certain people are in certain boxes and that this is who we're comfortable with. And yeah, it, it, it can shift over time. But I think that it is really important to look at that from the perspective of sometimes those boundaries can, can be 
really helpful to support us in the best possible way too. When there's any type of confusion about who might be the best fit for us, depending on the situation and, and whatnot. And I think boundaries too, kind of a little bit differently in a different way than what you were just saying kind of is having those, having boundaries for ourselves that do apply to all of our relationships. I know some people that struggle with upholding their own boundaries for themselves. So they might say, you know, they might be struggling with, I'm not carving out enough time for regular movement because I keep making plans with friends. So it's almost like the reverse of, of me where I'm like my social circle, my people that I would call close friends are, is very small on purpose by design. I, I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, and I prefer it that way. That's just me. Some of these women have so many social obligations um, that they need to set boundaries for themselves. On the contrary, I know some women who can't even seem to respect the other boundaries that people are trying to put in place. So it's kind of like a two-man game here. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, we've talked about this, I think, in our last one with the victim mindset, but boundaries are huge. Boundaries are important. I love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, boundaries are, are really important because I think that that also might end up being a conversation that you have to have with a friend is if, if they, in, in their mind, maybe they're an extrovert and you're an introvert and you're good with hanging out. Even if you are relatively close, you're good with hanging out like once every couple of weeks. And that's what your schedule allows to, to let you fit in all the other things in your life or whatever. But the extrovert maybe, um, just really wants to hang out all the time. And then they might start to get offended that they feel like you're brushing them off or something like that. And that could be a complete miscommunication. How many friendships have ended out of miscommunication, right? This is where we have to be clear on our boundaries, but we have to let the other person know what those boundaries are so that if, if the other person, let's say the extrovert, that isn't enough time with you, then at least they're not offended by it. They're not taking it personally. They just know that that's all you can give at the moment then maybe they're going to take that information and say, okay, well, you know, I need somebody who I can see more often and, and connect with and have more support from. Okay, that's cool. But then again, at least we're being very clear as to what those boundaries are and we're allowing the other person to have their own opinion and to be able to figure out what's going to work best for them. We can't control what's going to work best for them but we can control what is best for us and the way that we show up in the world. And if, if we have all of these boundaries floating around in our head, but we're not telling anyone else, you're going to end up with some issues with, with anyone, whether it's like, again, your, your spouse, your partner, your friendships, you, we have to be clear on the boundaries so that people then can understand and, and reciprocate and let us know in return what some of their boundaries are. And yeah. if, if we can compromise and come up with something in the middle, then that's probably the basis for a fantastic friendship. Resentment came to mind. Um, mm, yes. That was common in a, so a couple of things, actually. The girlfriend that I just saw this past weekend, we had the conversation about introvert and extrovert, and we had never talked about that before, but it was a huge issue for, uh, not a huge issue, I shouldn't say that, but kind of a, a place of miscommunication in our friendship for a long time. She's an extrovert. She loves people. She gains so much energy from being with people. In fact, she's never lived alone before until now. And I've lived alone for most of my adult life. I love it. And when she said that her roommate moved out 
she's sad. And I was like, what? I'm so jealous. You live alone. <laughs> and she's sad. So we talked a lot about how she enjoys being with people. And I was explaining to her about how good I feel when I'm alone and recharging. And it was a beautiful conversation. She said, I had no idea that that's why you like being alone. So for her, I didn't know this. She took it as I never, you know, was too busy to see her, which yes, is my schedule tough, of course. Um, and it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with me respecting my boundaries um, and knowing that I need a lot of downtime. Um, and so for me, it would be a disservice to our friendship to feel like I'm forcing myself to go out um, in public and do something if really my soul needs to just be alone because I'm an introvert. Um, at the same time, another story I had, friends who could never respect my boundaries of when I wanted to go home, if that makes sense. So yes. they would pick me up. Um, they would pick us up. It was always like a double date situation. We would go Chicago and I would have to work the next morning and I would say, Hey, okay, if you're going to drive, that's fine. But I really want to be home by 11 PM. Okay. No worries. We'll have you home by home by 11 PM. Two, three in the morning I was getting home. They yeah. would not honor my request. And so it got to the point where they were so irritated that I wanted to drive myself that they stopped inviting us out to eat. Um, sometimes we'll go out to eat now, but I refuse to drive with them. And so it is kind of this understanding that like, if, okay, if Christina's coming, she's going to drive alone. Um, but I had to put my boundaries in place and be very clear. That's my responsibility. I felt that it was their responsibility to uphold and respect my boundaries. Um, but again, now the responsibility is back on me where it's like, oh, that happened more than once. Now I, I'm going to drive myself. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I've had that identical situation so many times where I wanted to be home by a particular time and people were not respecting that. So I just got to a point where I, I would and still do generally drive myself everywhere because I also mm -hmm. don't really drink much anyway. So it, even if there's drinks involved, I'm not likely going to drink regardless of whether I'm driving or not. So it just makes sense for me to be able to control that from my end. That might make me sound like a control freak, but again, it's just, it's my boundaries. I'm going to be pissy and in a bad mood. If you are in charge of driving me and you don't get me home till three in the morning, I'm just going to be cranky. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be nice to be around by that point because I'm just going to be so pissed off that I'm not home yet. That it's not going to make for a pleasant evening for anyone. And it's, I think that it's also really crucial to um, be in agreement on what you want a hangout to look like too. Like I have a girlfriend who I adore and she's like borderline extrovert. And a lot of times when we would hang out, I may not have, have seen her for a while or maybe um, like one or both of us was kind of going through some shit, but she would end up making it more of a group thing. But I would show up expecting it to just be the two of us. and. I would get annoyed by that sometimes. And then I, I ended up having a conversation with her and I was like, this is actually on me. And like, I'm really sorry if, if this has come across poorly on my part, because I'm just going to try and make sure that I'm more clear with you that if, if we're going to hang out and I would prefer it to just be the two of us that I let you know, and I communicate with that. And ever since it's been totally fine. She's like, you want to be a group or you want to just be a two of us? I'm like, no, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you cool? It's just the two of us. She's like, yep, totally fine. And then there's no problem. Like it's no issue. Yeah. I prefer one-on-one -on -one settings with most of my friends. Um, I think one of the biggest pet peeves is when the significant other always has to be there. Like that changes the entire dynamic. And I don't feel like talking about 
my no. stuff like in front of your husband. Like he just doesn't need to be there every time I'm with you. It, that is, that's a really, that's a huge irritant for me because I take my partner lots of places and he's good friends with my friends and vice versa. And I, I adore bringing him out and, and I, I love hanging out with my friends, significant others as well. Mm -hmm. But I get so irritated when it is posed as like, in this case, a girl's night and then partners or spouses show up and I'm like, I had some shit to dig into tonight, girls. Like, I am not talking about this in front of your partner. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I just, I, yeah. So I think that all kind of does boil down to, and I love the way you said, like, getting really clear on what the hangout time is going to look like. I know some, um, some friends that one of them wants to get hammered every time they're together and the other one doesn't. And I'm like, you have to have a conversation. Like, if you don't want this to be a, like a full-blown rage night, then someone's got to say something, you know, um, getting really clear on what that time together is going to look like. Um, which sounds odd, right. That we have to like manage all of these things, but that is honestly an adult friendship. That's an adult relationship. And you can apply all this to even your romantic relationships, getting really clear on communication boundaries. What's it going to look like? What are you guys going to do? Um, because ultimately, like, like we said, we are busy. Why are you going to waste time with your friends if it's not fulfilling in any way? Exactly. It, it really needs to, it needs to be beneficial to all involved parties. And while a lot of this may sound like we're like these weird, freaky control freaks, <laughs> it's really not like that. I think that there is something to be said for having healthy boundaries and that that actually helps a friendship to flourish more than anything else. And it also helps you not waste your time. Because yeah. if you are in a relatively new friendship and you guys maybe don't know each other very well or whatever, that's a really good way to not waste time. It, you know, like building up a friendship with somebody and then realizing that you are two such completely different people and you prefer hanging out in such completely different ways that it might just not be the best fit. Yeah. So I hope that some of this has, has been helpful for people and, and given at least some places to start in terms of uh, determining how to go about building a female friendship or, you know, friend, like a same sex friendship, whatever it is, um, platonic friendship and really figuring out how to maximize it to the best of, of both parties. Yeah. And again, for me, it's coming from the girl who I really thought that friends just, it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter if someone wanted to be my friend or if I had friends, I don't think I had a clear cut purpose for them. And when everyone goes through stuff, right? It doesn't, it's not just like, Oh, I built a business and it's hard. Like building a business is tough, but it's not the hardest thing that anyone's going to go through. But knowing that I've made true friendships for when life does get heavy and hard, because again, you can't just put all of your eggs in one basket. Like I can't go to my significant other. I guess I could, but like, that's exhausting for him that's one perspective for me, for me to hear, you know, someone's perspective. I mean, he's biased towards me, right? But building these true connections with women who are supportive, um, that's the biggest thing for me. Finding supportive women um, has really, it truly has changed my life. And coming from someone who really thought I was just going to die alone in a mansion with dogs, it's, it's worth it. It is so worth it. Even if it's just one true friendship, it's so worth it. Yeah. Quality over quantity in my totally. opinion. And, and just about everyone I talk to now is like, I feel like when we're younger, we feel like it's, it's more the opposite. 
And the more I get older, the more clear it becomes to me that it's all about quality over quantity. That's much yeah. more important for sure. Totally. Yeah. Any last you. words of wisdom? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> well, I just, uh, I feel so fortunate to have you as a friend and get to talk about these kinds of issues that we even get to share it outside of just the two of us. And, and hopefully isn't that crazy. Like we get to, how blessed are we that we get to, it blows my mind every time. Like every time I publish a podcast, I'm like, people are going to listen to this. Really? That's like crazy to me. <laughs> I know. And I just can't believe that like the world of online business brought us together and now we're like doing it together. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And the world is, is crazy. And it's, pretty cool sometimes it is cool oh you're the best (laughs) you're the best all right yay we did it (laughs) thanks so much for listening to the room to grow podcast today all show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com and can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.